Welcome back to the Indiana Bible College podcast, where today we're going to hear a Connect class from Brother Kilman, our Dean of Biblical Studies here. Brother Kilman taught this class during our preview weekend this past year, and if you're interested in hearing more of these classes, then maybe you should apply for enrollment. That deadline is July 13th, and you can find out more information at www.go2ibc.com forward slash admissions. We look forward to seeing you on campus and hope you enjoy this uh, class from Brother Kilman. Okay, well, welcome to Holiness. This is a, this is a fun class where it's a, uh, it's a, in terms of our current issues in our day, a incredible class to empower you to understand what you need to do to have an impact in your day. So what, I, what we're doing is we're, we're much further than where we're going to try to teach today. Uh, so I'm going to back up and pick up what I think is a standalone lesson to try to give you the big idea of what we're, going, we're talking about for 16 weeks in this course. Okay, and we're, we're having a lot of fun uh, exploring some things, and I'm going to try to give you at least three sources, we're not going to be able to see them all, but we'll get to see one, at least three sources that are uh, things outside of what I think you would normally consider a place to go to teach holiness. So in this uh, particular class I teach at IBC, I try to give every new tool uh, a way that I can in terms of the secular admissions uh, to vindicate what the Bible says about holiness. Okay, so... All right, so I'm going to dive in while some of you are still desperately looking for seats. They're putting some extra seats, ladies, over here on the side. There's some extra seats over on the far side if you'd like. Okay, so let's dive in. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get what? Wisdom. And with all thy getting, get Okay, now why is it important to get understanding? That's what we're going to try to talk about today. Uh, We're going to talk about God's wisdom behind separation. Because when we talk about holiness, I I taught at Calvary Christian School for five years before I came uh, full-time to Indiana Bible College. It was a lot of fun. But in my experience, wherever you go, I've I've been fortunate to do some uh, camp meetings and, and all sorts of wonderful teaching sessions. If you... Tell young people the whys behind holiness, they will believe it. And, and not only is that the case, they're incredibly empowered to say, I want to make a difference in my generation. And the whys behind holiness uh, help them find the ways forward in terms of having the impact that they really want to have. So that's what we're going to try to do today by the help of the Lord. Okay, now why worry about understanding? Because there's three levels of learning, right? The first is knowledge which is right facts. And that's good, right? It's good to have right facts, right? But the second, which is better, uh, with all that, get wisdom, right? The scripture says, wisdom is the right application of facts. And that's a higher tier of learning. But then the third level of learning is this, is with all thy getting, the, the proverb says, get understanding because understanding gives you the why behind holiness. Now, why is that important? It's Well, it's very simple. If you don't get to the understanding, the first two can end in legalism. Okay, and you have a whole bunch of people doing stuff uh, and they don't know why they're doing it. 
Okay, so we're going to look at that uh, today and try to uh, get, a, uh, get a way forward. So what is the gift of holiness and the purpose uh, behind it uh, from the Lord? Well, the, uh, Peter in his epistle writes it this way. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now, I don't have time, uh, Sister Scanlon, to drop into this like we do in, uh, in Ephesians, but ultimately, life and godliness. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. You know, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life, and life more. So what is that abundant life? What does it look like? And if you don't teach that in your ministry and in your churches, people won't know where to go to find life. Okay, so that's what we're going we're gonna to look at. All right, so unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto uh, us exceeding great and precious promises. Now, what, what promises is the Apostle Peter talking about? That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature... How many of you are filled with the Holy Ghost? All right, and the Holy Ghost is more than a goosebump machine, right? It's meant to give you the power to walk in a new way. That's why the apostle says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through, through what? No, you can say every other word. You can say that one too. Through lust. Everybody say lust. Okay, good. Because remember, the inordinate affections of our own hearts traps us sometimes away from the blessing and intent of God. And God has given us an escape. So inordinate affection is uh, affection out of bounds, right? And that's what we're going to talk about. Okay, are you guys okay? Now, I get really passionate about this subject. I'll try to go slow so learning can occur <laughs> instead of getting too preachy. All right, so here's what the Scripture is disclosing then. God intends us to be free. Right? But not, how many of you like songs like freedom, you know, all that? Okay, now what is it? I'm glad we sing those songs, but we have to understand what those songs mean or we're just saying words. Okay? All right? So what does it mean to be free? When, when, well, freedom is not the freedom to do what you want. Again, that's a very, very... Low level of freedom. I can do whatever I want, and nobody's going to tell me what to do, right? That's not a, that's not a very high level of freedom. It's like the, the teenager that says, um, you know, I, I'm, I, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Well, move out while you know everything, you know. That's, how many of you heard that before, right? And, and then you say, how many of you work with young people, right? And so they think that freedom is the ability to be unrestricted. But I'll tell you, there's a higher level of freedom. Uh, and that's the higher level of freedom is not being free to do what you want. It's being, to, uh, it's being free to do what you should. I'm free to be the man that God wants me to be, to be the, fa the father, Sister Harwood, God wants me to be, the husband that God intends me to be. You need that kind of freedom that can only come, you ready, by being separated from some things that restrict you from that ability. And so unapologetically, we're going to preach freedom. Of course, separation from the damaging... And I'm trying not to get too preachy. Of course, uh, if, if, how many of you think the world's getting better? Okay, good. No hands today. Right? And what that means is, is you've got to convince people you need to come out from the world and be separate. You ready? You can have a different life than the same things that are going on in the culture that's literally ripping the purity and the goodness and the, and the lovely things in people's life to shreds. 
And if that's not what your ministry is about, then you're not about the business of God. Now, that's pretty strong, right? But it's true because, you ready? That, that higher level of freedom is the ability to be free to do what I should. I'll, I'll give you an example. I love my pastor, Brother Mooney. I was bragging on him last night. But sometimes he frustrates me. We were doing a night class, and he just walks over to the piano. And he just starts playing this classical piece, a little bit of it. And I'm like, that's just annoying. My pastor can do everything. I mean, I can't play the piano. I can barely sing. I got five sisters, and they all can sing, and they rip, and, and they're like, hey, Brother Kuhlman, can you sing? I'm like, uh, I can carry a tune, but I can't do that. And so, you ready? I am not free to play the piano. Why, Brother Drew? Because I've not disciplined myself to learn. Some freedoms only come by discipline. And here's the issue. If you don't discipline the flesh, there's, not, there's only some places you can get to by discipline. Right, so again, so what is the standard of holiness or the life that we should live? Now, we've talked about this uh, in this class before. The Bible says evil men, evil men and seducers shall what? Wax worse and worse. And nobody thinks the world's getting better, like we've already stated, right? And that's true. So here's what we would say. You cannot measure yourself or what you're going to teach in terms of the world, uh, uh, by, by the world, rather, and say that that's going to be the standard for what we want young men and young women or people to be. Uh, why do car sales work? When you see to say, let's say, uh, Brother Colton, you wanted to buy a Ferrari Testarossa, you know, a 240 some thousand dollar car. It's pretty quick. <laughs> right? So let's say you get it. Now, usually, what is kind of on in the hood right here? Who said it? Yes. Brother Matthew, uh, usually some. Uh, modestly dressed? No. Oh, no, no. Usually, pardon me, but some scantily clad female. If I get the car, I get the girl. Look, did I hold up a cue card? No, we all know that's the way that works. Okay, so uh, then why do the same? Now, remember, they don't have, typically, uh, a car up there and a guy laid across the hood. Now, why, here's the question then. Why does the, same, why does the same commercial or the same advertisement work on women? There's a difference. The man says, if I get the car, I get the girl. But for women, the psychology behind this is if I get the car, I, I am the girl. And that's right. Okay, why? Because here's what you need to understand. We don't have time to unpack all this today. You'll have to do some study on your own. You read the Scripture through Proverbs and, uh, and Song of Solomon, and it will show you that men are built visually and women are built for affirmation. All right, so again, that psychology is important to understand. So this is in January 20th, 1992. None of you were even alive in 1992. Is it, was anyone alive in 1992? Just Brother Ogle, me and Brother Ogle. Odal, I mean, they're the other Odal. Me and you, real. All right, so in 1992, now ready? Now brace yourself. You can't get this kind of revelation everywhere, right? Uh, on Time Magazine, they acknowledge men and women are different. Now, I know that's a shocker. That was a huge revelation, I'm sure. Now, why would Time Magazine spend a whole edition, Brother White, talking about why men and women are different? 
Because feminism had said and convinced the world that there was uh, the only difference between male and female was somehow physical uh, uh, anatomy. And that's just not the case. Okay? They acknowledge that now they know that psychologically there's fundamentally things that are different between male and female. We can go back and believe the Bible again. That's why I've been pointing out, a, I'll give you a fast example. That's why uh, at about 20 to 1, women get more involved in like the healthcare profession. There are more doctors today than there are uh, male, female doctors than there are male. Why? Because women are built relationally. And, and men, there's almost 20 to 1 that are engineers. Why? Because we're project driven and uh, built to conquer and protect and serve. And that's kind of the fundamental nature of a man. So you ready? Time Magazine finally says that women and, and men are different. And so we've got past feminism in many ways. Thank God. Yeah, right? And we, we could talk about that a long time. Uh, but women are built for what? Affirmation. Now, we don't have time to walk through those passages to make that case. But I'll just tell you, this is what Song of Solomon is. It's about a marriage relationship. And as he's, as he's verbally affirming of her beauty, she's comfortable expressing who she is in the context of marriage. That's about as far as we can go with Song of Solomon. Okay? So she is built for affirmation. Okay? And men are built to be, uh, to be candid, visually stimulated. That's why the Bible, Brother White, talks more about a man's eyes. That's why in, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, he said, I would that men lift up holy hands everywhere. And because he doesn't have holy hands, you just get down to about uh, verse 7 through 9, and you'll see that she has modesty of dress. And when men don't affirm women in terms of their beauty as women in the way that God intended them, it's always a temptation for a woman to get that desire for affirmation she wants. That's why you shouldn't let young men put garbage on their walls. All right, so uh, you ready? So men are built to look and women are built to be looked at. That's why the little girl comes in with her dress and she does a little twirl in front of her daddy. Why? Because she's wanting her daddy to say, oh baby, you're so... Beautiful. Because she's built for affirmation. Little boys don't do that. Unless they've been watching... Now I'm going to hurt you. You ready? Unless they've been watching too much Will and Grace growing up. And they've been programmed. Train a child up in the... Yeah, give all those moments to the world and you're going to be in trouble. That's why we have issues. And again, I'm not being... This is not shaking. I know you guys are here because you want to understand. But you got to get the understanding of where the battles lie so that you can, you ready not just say, I'm blessed God, this is what we do and we don't do. you got to get to the whys so you know what battles you're fighting and why. Okay? All right, so you ready? In, in marriage, this uh, uh, desire for affirmation in a woman is a gift. But you ready? If she will take the shortcut to get the affirmation now, gentlemen, you're going to be married to a woman that doesn't have character. You ready? And the flip side is true. If he doesn't have the ability to govern his eyes, you're going to be married to a man who likes to look. Good luck staying married. Okay? Because you're marrying a person with character issues. Can you see the gift of God's holiness? You ready? So this desire for affirmation and this desire to see is good within the context of marriage. It's, it's God's gift to marriage. But it's like fire in a house. It's good on the stove. It's good in the uh, furnace. It's good in the fireplace. You ready? But it's not good or loose in the house. It will destroy. And so God's gift is what, okay, the basic need 
uh, of a woman is affirmation. And if you're going to, in your ministry, let the world manipulate women at that fundamental need, you need to give the pulpit to someone else. You need to have enough confidence to say, the Lord can bless you with a good man. And if you buy the world's definition, you are not going to find blessing and protection and help. You're going to find destruction in your marriage. And instead, you ready? If you just obey the Lord, you can find the life that you really want and help both men and women to understand that. Okay, I just have to go. Okay, Let me show you a little clip. This is a, uh, as many of you have probably seen this, this is a Dove commercial. Here's what I want in your ministry. You should at least be as strong in your pulpit as Dove. Okay? All right, so this is a, this is a uh, model. It's called Evolution. How many of you have seen this? Okay, how many of you this first time? Okay, good. You ready? She's not beautiful, so we're going to send in an army of people to make you beautiful. You ready? And there she is. But she's still not beautiful. Beautiful. So we're going to spend time changing the picture on the billboard. They can airbrush up to 15 pounds. They can chisel the chin. They can thicken hair. I'm thinking about doing that. <laughs> you ready? Now look at what Dove says. And here are two women walking by uh, against a measurement of beauty that they can never match because it's artificial. And look what Dove says. No wonder our perception of beauty is distorted. Okay? Now, why is it that young women will stop, you ready, and put pain on their face? Because the world has convinced them they're not beautiful. And they're being, you ready? They're being manipulated at the most fundamental, don't see them as, now look, there's some rebellious, I get it, okay? We're not talking about like the spirit of Jezebel or something. We're talking about young women, the people, and middle-aged and older women that are still falling into the trap because they have media so much in their face telling them they're not beautiful. But you ready? I can sell you what you need to be beautiful. And they're allowing men to make money on them because of their deepest fundamental need. And you have to teach them that you're beautiful the way that God made you. And you don't need all this garbage. You ready? You don't need to be manipulated for money. The love of money is the root of all evil. I'm going to try to uh, go slow. but Okay, so here's the lies of our age. Why, would, why is this Dove commercial, first of all, the only one saying it? Why market things to a women that they can never be? They can't be that picture. They, they can't. They sometimes paste them together. I wish we had time to deal with that. But again, you look up a TED Talk by Cameron Russell called Images Powerful, Images Superficial. Okay, and I'll, I'll let that... You, you ready? And, and this is why. You're not beautiful, but I can sell you all the stuff you need to be beautiful. You ready? I can sell you the right makeup. I can sell you the right stuff for your hair because I don't understand it. Bond, gir bond girls want to be brown-headed and black-headed and black-headed girls want to be brown-headed. Some of them want to be purple-headed. <laughs> and again, you, you, when you see a young girl walk in, you don't hate on them, right? You just look at them and say, somebody has marketed discontent to her. Somebody's manipulating her at her most fundamental need. And God's saying, I can make her free. It's not too late to apply for the Indiana Bible College fall semester. That begins August 17th, and the application deadline is July 13th. 
You can download those applications at www.gotoibc.com. We look forward to hearing from you. And as always, we love to hear feedback from you. So if you are enjoying this podcast or uh, would like to hear a particular topic addressed or have a suggestion, why don't you email us podcast at go the number two ibc.com. That's podcast at go the number two ibc.com. And as always, we love when you like, share, and subscribe to this podcast.